like boobies. You like boobies. Vicky likes boobies. You're tacky and I hate you. Now are there any damn questions? Have you any idea what the street value of this mountain is? nice fish you know big fucking eyes but a nice fucking fish good evening ladies and gentlemen i am justin and i welcome you to another episode of inside the nerdity studio our very original idea that no one else has ever done like it was stated in the first episode of this groundbreaking concept Tonight, I'll be your host, and we are going to pull back the curtain on the man, the artist, the podcasting legend? Yeah. One. Mike Higgins. What a perfect night for me to be talking a lot. I, too, am slightly nasally, so it's fine. Let's get started with Mike. Where did your pop culture love spawn from? Well, if you ask my father, I was born with it. He tells the story of, uh, I think it would be 1981-ish, maybe 82, right before Star Wars came on HBO. Uh, apparently, they ran it in the middle of the night, and like me, he can be a bit of an insomniac. He was up watching it, and apparently the sound of the music woke me up, and I came out in the living room and sat there and watched it with him, so it might have been genetic. Okay. Uh, and for the longest time, that and uh, cartoons, the cartoons that most of us, well, yeah, a good amount of us grew up with, were, the, were my pop culture uh, sounding board. Uh, Thundercats, Transformers... Silverhawks. If you don't know what Silverhawks is out there, I'm not surprised. It was Thunderhawks. In, it was Thundercats in space, and they had shiny, shiny, shiny metal bodies. Same basic concept. They were burned. Not not exactly mind blowing. From the same exact company. Yeah. So, yeah. All that Voltron a bit. Not as in in depth as the other ones, but that was the stuff that I was all about as far as uh, genre goes. <clears throat> um, you mentioned your dad who else helped like influence your tastes in, in pop culture uh, I have to say my mom she definitely helped she was one of the rare people that didn't just allow us to play video games she encouraged it and she played games with us I used to play, uh, during my teen years, almost every night after dinner, she and I would play Yoshi Cookie for like an hour or two. Nice. And I got really good at it. And even though she wasn't winning that much, she would still play with me because it was, it was our championship every night. But even before that, uh, we were a Sega family before Nintendo was uh, in our price range. So we had the Master System which was their first home system. And it was not nearly as good as the NES. 
I won't deny, but it had its own handful of really fun games. They had an ALF game that was impossible. Uh, they had a game called The Ninja, which was impossible. Every game back then was basically impossible. You, you couldn't beat them. They were so hard. Yeah, for any but sort. they were fun. They were fun as hell. And we would hand off the controller, mostly one player. And she would get down on playing it just as much as the rest of us. Like, to this day, she still does Wii bowling as her exercise. Nice. At like 70 years old. So yeah, she's... And I think that comes from my grandfather because he was, he was always a tech head. He was huge about it. I, when they moved to Florida, not shortly, not short after that, he got a nice surround sound. And the first thing he did after setting it up was put on a new hope and that became my litmus test for any kind of new audio equipment like uh oh many many years like 15 oh, almost 20 years ago now our uncle doug uh i watched his house for a week while they were in disney and when they came back because he's uncle doug and he's a madman the night they came back instead of decompressing he wanted to set up his surround sound so i helped him yeah I helped him run wires under the floor in that old house in Tom's River they had. Not old house. The first house they had in Tom's River. And uh, he's like, all right, cool. We got this working. Great. Uh, what should we watch? Of course. I was like, Wait, you put on Star Wars. It's the original test for any sound system. So, yeah. I guess you could say almost every side of my family has got a bit of nerd in it. But that was mostly movies and TV. The, the other nerdy stuff started uh, after I moved back from Florida. Because I bounced around a good amount. It was two years on one side of town, two years on the other, then two years back on the first side of town, then two years back on the other. After living in Florida for six months. So by the time I moved back, actually no, it was like seven years on the other. But after I moved back, after bouncing around a bunch of times, I was completely listless. I had no group of friends. So the friends I did have were into comic books. And I had a handful. Actually, I had more than I realized. My mom got me two of those 20 packs from Sears the year before. So I had some first print McFarlane stuff in there. I had some actual quality issues and didn't even know that I did. And then these guys... It was the age of the Marvel uh, card series, that first 1991 series. Yeah. And to be cool in our group, you had to be collecting comics. So I did, with every penny I had. And then they started getting into sports, and I never joined them. Oh, yeah, Turtles. How did I forget Ninja Turtles? I was going Ninja Turtles. Because you're the one who started me with Ninja Turtles. I'm appalled. It always gets back in there. I literally, in like 90, 91, this, is, this goes back to a conversation we were having beforehand, how everything when you're a kid seems like it takes so much time. Like, the, the live-action Turtles movie came out in 89, and by 91, I was like, you know what? I gotta make a decision. I gotta be a Ninja Turtles fan or a Marvel fan, because, like, there's no way I could do both. It's physically impossible for me to be into both of these things. So I decided on Marvel, which is, yeah, it, it sounds idiotic given how how bountiful the playing field is now. 
you can just be a fan of everything. But that back then it was Marvel was getting shit, and I was dedicating my life to it. And you know, it seems like a good investment considering where things are. Uh, you were you were a younger sibling. Sadly, yes. Yeah. Um, did your brother have any influence? Uh, because I can't remember Sean being much of a, like, nerd fan about anything. The only overlap we really had was video games, and not even the same type. He would play sports games. Right. He would, like, Joe, Man- Joe Montana, he would get the new Madden, or the new NHL, and I would play them with him, but mostly because our cousin, Brian, liked to play them. But he, he really, he would show a bit of interest, because I came to realize even jocks back in the day were into comics. They just wouldn't allow themselves to be known as into comics, because then they'd be considered nerds, right. and they wouldn't be able to hang out with jocks. I had so many jocks ask me nerd questions, like the classic who would win Superman versus Hulk, and I'd be able to pontificate on that for a little while. So like he would show some vague interest in it, but it really wasn't his thing. Well, Star Wars, because everyone loves Star Wars. That's why one of my favorite scenes in Fanboys, I don't know if we've all seen it. It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi if you haven't. Yeah, it's on Tubi right now. Fanboys is a solid movie. It was filmed in the mid-2000s, I believe, but it was set in 1998. It was the year before Phantom Menace came out, and there's diehard Star Wars fans traveling to Lucas uh, to Skywalker Ranch because one of their friends was sick and he wasn't going to make it to the premiere and a bunch of shit goes down blah 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 cut to the end where they're all standing online and one of the main characters had an overbearing douchebag brother and they never got along about anything and as they're standing online his brother comes to like cut in line they're like I don't fucking think you want to be here for this he's like dude it's the wars. Like everyone from our generation, the vast majority of our generation had love for Star Wars. So that's the one overlap. I was gonna say he was a collector for sure. Oh yeah, he was a figurine collector for sure. Yeah, there was. I was gonna say there's one other franchise that I know he was into, which is South Park. Yeah, that's a bit more broad spectrum too. <clears throat> it's also a bit later. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one Christmas when we were in our mid-teens. Well, I'd be in my mid-teens. He'd be almost an adult at this point. He'd probably be close to 16. And my mom had no clue what to get us. We already had, like, there was no new video game system coming out. So she's just like, like what, what do you guys want? You want? Do you want some Star Wars figures? That's when they first started re-releasing them again, like right before the special editions came out. We're like, yeah, sure. So we both got the same toys we each got like the main characters and a couple of offshoot ones that we liked from that new run and neither of us opened them up <clears throat> it's funny when you mention about your brother being more into the sports game and stuff I always remember when we were growing up and we'd go to our grandparents house on London Court like I knew what kind of afternoon I was going to have based on which sibling pairs were there. So, like, if it was Kyle's older brothers, 
we were definitely having to play some sort of sports or something. Same thing if Sean was around with them. It, they just, you know, they ran the... But I knew if you were there, I'd have a reprieve. Like, I can find you and we can play Legos or Ninja Turtles. Or you had Game Boy when it was the hotness. I had the most tits Game Boy collection ever. You did. I had the first run Game Boy, the gray with the purple buttons, and I had a case that had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven slots, and each of them could hold like three cartridges. And I packed all of them and overpacked them. They're supposed to hold three cartridges. I had them holding four, and I'd have cartridges sitting on top of the Game Boy itself because I had like 30 fucking games for that thing. And one of the biggest regrets of my life was selling that to get, uh, I think it was the Sega Saturn. Oof, the Saturn. Yeah. That was me chasing the video game dragon. Yeah. I was always Mr. Next Big Thing. I still kind of am, but at least now I'll wait a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, Where's it going? My kids. So besides Marvel and Star Wars, which we know are your like big two, what's a fandom some might not know you're into? Well, we we just talked about Doctor Who, and that was a random thing. I just happened to run into that. I hear people talking about it, and uh, I think it was twenty. It was oh seven. Is it oh seven? I went yeah. down to Florida. It was right after my cousin Brian died. Right. I went down there for a month, and I just happened to catch the the Waters of Mars episode. I was like, wow, this is interesting. This is, this is kind of cool. And then came up, and a couple of years later, a guy I worked with, I was talking to him about it. I was like, yeah, I've only seen a couple episodes or so. It seems kind of interesting. He's like, you have a hard drive? Give it to me. And he dumped every episode that had come out up until that point. <coughs> so I was able to binge the fuck out of it. Um, I have a fun connection with Who and and you. I I found Who on my own, and then I realized you were living in the same town as me. And there was a time where I was getting through the beginning of my divorce proceedings with my ex, <clears throat> and I think one night. I was out, you were walking to the Walmart in Lacey to go pick up something that just came out. Probably a movie. It's probably a movie. I picked you up, we went to Wawa, we went to your place, and I remember watching Who and like falling asleep sitting up in a chair, because it was like some ungodly time in, in the morning, but I wasn't going back to the house because she had the dude she was fooling around with over. I didn't know that. Now you do. Fun stories, huh? It's not the word I'd use, but definitely a story. So, like, I think you living around there during that time, for me, was like a crutch. Like, I had someone to lean on, which was nice. And then Doctor Who just brought us together, and then... You know, some of the animated stuff we watched with James. But besides who, what else do you do? 
I mean, it's so hard for me to be like, you may not know this about me, because all the things I'm really into, I wear on my sleeve. Yeah, but like we know that, but like maybe yeah. the listeners don't, because you don't, you're not always throwing everything. Around. Aren't I though? I don't know. Well, because it's always Marvel and Star Wars. It's it's generally Marvel and Star Wars, but there's so many other sci-fi things that I'll bring up on an occasional, like, see, uh, Aliens. I bring up a good amount. Predator. Futurama. Joe's waiting for something. <laughs> okay, I will say it. And it does lead back to influences. My dad and mom enjoyed Star Trek. My dad more than my mom. Every weekend when I go over to my dad's house in the late 80s, early 90s, one of the things that will always stick in my head was that announcer guy on the next Star Trek, the next generation. And you'd get like a 20-second snippet of what's going to be coming up next week that they're going to get out of by the skin of their teeth. So I've got a lot of love for Trek. My stepdad paid 60 or 70 bucks for Star Trek for the Voyage Home on VHS back in the 80s. Because he couldn't, because like, my mom really wanted it. That's like 120 now. Dollar twenty. I didn't mean like the actual value of that VHS currently. I meant like yeah. for inflation. Yeah. It's, it was an absurd amount for a VHS at that point in time. That was before Blockbuster. Did you ever get into uh, Lost in Space? Not the OG show. I'll, I will sadly admit I have a warm spot for that movie with Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> Do you know? And John Hurt. I love that movie. Not the effects. No. The effects were garbage, even by 90s standards. Like, we had already had Jurassic Park. There's no reason that, like, little bleep blorp monkey should have looked so shit. <laughs> but Gary Oldman gave it everything in that movie. He was 110% Smith. And during the period in 99 to 2000, when I lived in the Poconos, that's right, I'm a bit of a nomad. I lived there for like eight months. I lived. I took a winter in the Poconos. That's a fucking stupid decision, especially when you're driving a Firebird. That is not the vehicle to have living on a mountain. Found that out the hard way. Slide I would work. Aside. Oh yeah, we had a we had a, a bridge that was one lane going to our mountain home. Yeah. All of it was bad decision making. No. So many times I had to go over that bridge and then park in the little parking area they had because we knew there's no way we're getting up that hill i gotta walk like two miles to my house now with groceries you wouldn't have to worry about your ice cream melting though i can say that anyway getting back to lost in space it was one of the first places i was able to use dvds often so i worked at a radio shack that's right folks <laughs> remember that name <laughs> I, I wish they were around now they were very helpful. Uh, and they had two DVDs to play at any given time. One was Lost in Space, and the other was City of Angels. Oof. So I've got a soft that spot. That is amazing, too. Right? Couldn't be more uh, diverse, is the nice way I'll put it. <laughs> at least it wasn't Michael McDonald live. Michael <laughs> 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 burn this fucking place down. 
Was uh, City of Angels Nick Cage? Yeah. Yeah. Where he's doing this. And Meg Ryan, right? That's Meg Ryan. Yeah. Right before she gets macked, literally. She just, took, she just took some angel dick, and she's like, life is perfect now. And then, meh, meh, flat. And Nicolas Cage has got to be like, what, seriously? I fell from heaven, and you took my chick? You know what? I'm not going to say fuck you, God, because I got to see Dennis France's ass. Nice. Right? All facts. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've got a soft spot for those two movies because of my time in the Poconos. Right. That's a, that's a time of stories. I can go into that place in depth, but not now. So we've got the the basic, this is your nerd life questions, right? I, mm-hmm. I now, uh, I've decided that we're going to steer this into a very fun direction. Okay. Not that learning about you isn't, but why do you hate DC so much? Uh, it's not that I hate DC. I have said many times I have a lot of love for DC, but personally it pales in comparison to Marvel. It's just not my jam. Uh, artistically over the years, it hasn't been as interesting to me and I don't connect with their characters nearly as much. And it's especially in retrospect because Batman, you know, I should have listed that as one of my early uh, inspirations in 89 Batmania was everywhere. Everyone was doing the bat dance. Purple and black were huge. And I loved it. I was like, this is the best that could ever be. And then after Batman Returns, which I kind of left that theater like, all right, that was that was weird. That's some cool shit, but that was extra weird. They put out the animated series, which was the definitive version of that character. Yeah. And you look back and go, holy shit. Tim Burton had no idea what he was doing. And that became the leitmotif of DC cinematically. There's very few periods for them where you're like, yeah, they're banging on all cylinders. And the only times it was, was when they just handed the reins over to someone like Christopher Nolan. And as far as the comics goes, they were gimmicky on top of gimmicky. Nightfall and Death of Superman were admitted money grabs. They've always been like that. Yeah. How both companies have, I, it really does just come down to who I identify with more. And it, it's interesting. <clears throat> For the first 10 years of my life, I didn't realize that Spider-Man was a serious character. I thought he was a goof on superheroes that just showed up on the electric company. I didn't realize that he had a deep backstory. That his life sucks ass. Yeah. that he That there was so much to him. And then after getting into Marvel and really kind of committing to what they are. I feel like I'm part of a fucking cult when I say that out loud. (laughs) But really getting into Marvel, I identified with him more than any other character. I can't really identify with anyone in DC. I think that's the problem with all of them. I think it's such a weird statement to hear from people like yourself who are like definitely one side of the fence compared to the other. Because all those characters are the same. Like, they all have mirror fucking images of each other. Spider-Man's really hard to, to, to find the, the analog in DC. Power-wise alone. Well, yeah. Uh, Personality-wise, he's tricky. I, he's got rogues like Batman, sure. Sure. 
doesn't have the same personality, doesn't have the same problems. And I didn't realize it at the time. The creators, Stan and crew, created these characters with real world problems, with real people issues, and then put super shit on top of it. As opposed to DC, where they're upper echelon elites in a lot of ways that you can't that you you get the god complex from. Well, just not as interesting to me. Soups, I guess. But they're all metaphors for Greek gods in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not that the Marvel heroes aren't though. They're just they're just Marvel's the answer to DC's gods if the gods were human. If the gods actually had problems instead yeah. of the only problems they really had was how many people can I save today? Right. Is that you farting Kyle or are you not quite agreeing with that? No, I agree with it. There's just something in my left contact. I'm trying to blink it out. It's coming. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay. Let's play a quick game of if money weren't an issue. I'm going to give you three different topics for you to respond to. So if money weren't an issue, what's your ultimate cosplay? That is a tricky one. I know. If money wasn't an issue. Uh, you instinctively go Batmobile, but that kind of plays off of what I was just saying. That is not really my favorite, so why would I dump everything into that? Yeah, but like you have you have unlimited cash, so you could like do the craziest fucking amalgam thing ever. I would, I would do the amalgam I've been planning. Ooh, we lost Kyle, and then make an amalgam of their vehicles. Yes, I. I this is such a vague answer because I don't want this out in the ether. I have no doubt someone's done I, it. I know what it is. Yes, I won't say it because it's a cool idea. It's Batman related, but it's a Batman amalgam. <clears throat> so it would be an amalgam of the Batmobile and something else that's much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And a character that's, in my opinion, a bit cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if money weren't an issue, what would be your ultimate meal? Like, where would you go for a meal if money wasn't a thing? <sighs> this just proves how fucking lame I am. There's no place in the world I'm really super duper interested in going other than here. So, are you sure? Like, Franklin Barbecue wouldn't be. That's very achievable. Sure, but like, you. I'm have... trying to do the the mind blowing. It, it money's not an issue. So okay. then, would it be just a tour of the country, hitting all the hot spots? I think what I would suggest to you then is there is a barbecue restaurant in Osaka. I think. That does A5 Wagyu brisket. Okay. It's definitely worth the trip then. Like, smoked? Because I love me some smoke. Yeah, bro. It's a, <laughs> so it's American, sti- it's American style barbecue. 
but they... That's the fucking weirdo I am. I would go to a foreign country to eat their version of American food. Yes, but you're getting the cut that you can't get here for that. So it's like, it's beyond the elevated version that you can get here. Uh, if money weren't an issue, what would then be your contribution to pop culture? I'd, I'd want to make my movie my way, or my series of movies my way, right. with an unlimited, obviously an unlimited shooting budget, but then an unlimited advertising budget to make sure everyone hears that it's out there. Not not force them to see it. Maybe even just buy however much time you need on every station and be like, hey, 8 o'clock Monday night, because people actually go out on the weekends. Yeah. 8 o'clock Monday night on all of the major stations, this movie's going to be on and the world's going to be forced to watch it. <laughs> You're going to have to take it in. Now... Do what you will with it. Enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. Lambast me. Kiss my ass. Literally. Cool. But you've now seen what I've got. Kind of like a State of the Union? Yes. Yeah. The world stops and looks at what I have. Yep. Jeopardy's not on tonight. <laughs> well, we go after Jeopardy. Come on now. Eight o'clock? Yeah. So what is that? Yeah. The Prime Big time. Bang Theory's not on tonight. Who gives a shit? You just can't yeah, can't fuck with Jeopardy and Wheel, bro. Sorry, yeah. young Sheldon. Old there Mike. You go. Why such love of the eighties, especially the eighties action movies? This one goes back to uh, my dad and uh, nostalgia. Is there's the beautiful simplicity of childhood that uh, we talked about it earlier when it comes to a certain age where you start to realize the days are getting shorter. The days felt so long back then. Everything felt, felt so warm and beautiful. And even shit movies felt great. I recently rewatched Commando. Commando sure. is a shit movie. <laughs> but it's a great action film. It's the beauty of action films. They don't have to be good. Bloodsport is fucking nonsense, but I love it. Because it's just Street Fighter, the live-action movie. The live-action Street Fighter, they should have stopped at. It's based on a true story, though. Is it? Go ahead. Giant air quotes. And it it really is the rose-colored glasses of looking back on a time when you didn't have any responsibility. The only responsibility you had was to go to school, and I did really well back then. That was before I stopped giving a shit. So I had that down, fucking pat. Going to school, and when you're not doing that, watching cartoons and watching movies. And watching movies I shouldn't have been. I saw the Friday the... Yeah, titties. Seeing titties. I saw the Friday the 13th movies, two or three of them, when I was like seven at Kyle's brother's birthday. <laughs> Stayed up late as fuck in their basement, and they had an awesome house back then. I loved that place. Because yeah. it was it was just a hang with my cousins. 
and watch the movie I shouldn't have been able to do watch. You remember, do you remember watching WrestleMania over there on the closed circuit? Was it in the living room that used to be the garage? Yeah. Vaguely. I actually remember watching WrestleMania 3 over at their friend John's house. Were you there for that one? I don't think so. I remember watching, the, I think the, I remember watching one of them in their living room. I do remember that it happened because you brought it up, but I don't remember the details of it, and I don't remember which one it was. It must have been closer to the end of the 80s, obviously. I mean, that's why, like, when Stranger Things came out, it hit me so hard. I, if other people liked the story that weren't around back then, awesome. But I was... I was pretty much the age that Lucas's sister was. So I'd be looking up to all those kids. Yeah. I have a question. I have a question now that I have to put all the way out to the back of the end of the show, and hopefully Kyle's back on by then. Okay. And arcades, man. I miss arcades. Now, sure, I have way better graphics here now, but there was the energy of being in an arcade. For and me. you had to choose what you're going to do with the $2 you had. Another reason to visit Japan. They have, like, multi-floor arcades still. Where it's an experience. Mm-hmm. Where you can only do things there. Alright. If you weren't drawing, how else do you think your artistic side would have come out? Uh, potentially poetry. I'd probably be writing more. Writing more uh, novel style. I do want to write the great American novel, whatever the fuck that means. Or just a mediocre international novel probably that because I don't see myself painting like I just said that it's it just feels so awkward I know that's another visual art form similar to drawing but it, it really is its own thing uh, I'm not good enough at dancing I'm an okay dancer you're a pretty good dancer no, don't sell yourself short on that yeah, but I'd have to put the work into it to become a great dancer, to be to take it on as my art form. And I don't love it that much. Valid. Porn. People joke, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. It's an art form. I'd, I'd like to write a good porno, but it just doesn't exist anymore. The story's not there. No. It's all just about fucking. Just fucking? Yeah. I'm going to open the floor to Vin and Joe. Let's see if they have any questions. I'm going to circle back to my previous question about Lost in Space. Do you, would you have any interest in like circling back and watching that for nostalgia purposes? Because I'll tell you what, there are some good stories they had on that. The original show? Yeah. I mean, I, if it's on in the background... I could see myself watching it. I don't think I could binge it. Like, if if I was watching the same channel every night and you get one episode, I could see myself doing the whole thing, like going through the whole series. Yeah. But there's some stuff that's so dated it's hard for me to get too into unless I watched it a lot back then. I could see myself right. going through all of the monkeys because I watched a shitload of that on Nick at Night. When I should have been sleeping, I was watching the monkeys at like 2 in the morning. Monkeys is a jam. Monkeys. Mm -hmm. 
People say we monkey around. I can see myself binging the entirety of Golden Girls. I have. Recently. Yeah. I have every monkey's episode on my computer. Golden Girls is on Hulu. We're past the porn, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph? Mike. Yes. As the host of the long-running podcast Nerdities, the one above all, uh, over the last uh, ten plus years, what are some highlights uh, that you have from from over the years? Uh, probably our interviews. A lot of our interviews, and when we used to go to cons and interview random people, the fact that I got to talk to, to uh, Dante Hicks, yes, from yes. Clerks. Clerks, like Kevin Smith, is, I I feel like an idiot right now. I'm not saying that he's very seminal in my youth. Another person whose movie I watched way too early. I was like 14 when that came out, and I think I saw it before I turned 15. So, getting to talk to the the lead of that movie, if only for a few seconds, was pretty excellent. That was cool. Brian O'Halloran was a was pretty yeah. cool. Talking to Ming Chen on that same day. And the people we've had on here and had a lot more time with, yeah. you know, they haven't all been huge names, but the, the Ryan Little interview we did, they, that was a really cool back and forth. Yeah, It wasn't just like that, that he was good, too. We've gotten better at interviews, we've gotten better timing, and we understand each other and know when it's time to step back and let the other person ask a question. And we flowed really well. Like when we first started, there were some interviews where we just let people yammer. Yeah, and they weren't that great. We didn't and, you know how to be funny with them. What about um, show proper? But aside from the interviews, any any of those? Uh, you know? I do miss the early stuff when we were able to get together because there was a different vibe to it. There's a different flow. Yeah, it, this digital thing helps life a lot, but it's nothing like now when we do our lists when all of us are together. That's why, that's why. That's why. Like ball busting in the air. I think the list shows are more special because of that now. Because we're not in person all the time. But it's just like I miss doing it in person too. Because even when we were doing D anD D, it still had that same. Hey, I remember when Guardians was announced. Like and we got that ball rolling, yeah, so we got we got that hype train going for that movie. It just like this is the one that never think was going to happen, and it turned out to be a freaking massive hit. <laughs> I also remember like the week it was announced, we all looked at each other like, really? Because they didn't. It was a classic Marvel announcement, like Guardians of the Galaxy is happening, and instantly I think of that fucking <laughs> '90s series by Jim Valentino. That was hot garbage. I'm like, they're going to do that? They're going to set something in the year 3000? It doesn't make any sense. And then, oh, wait, no, they, they did another version that's set with the current Marvel. Okay. Wait, the raccoon and the star guy in the tree? What the fuck is this? And then that first trailer comes around. Yeah. And the world learned. Yes. Boy, howdy. Mm-hmm. I do kind of miss themed episodes. I think we did a lot of fun stuff back then, but we did. It was so frustrating 
I don't necessarily miss the nights where we would just sit there trying to figure out what the fuck we're going to do for the next month. Oh, the, the post episode, the calendar. Yeah. Like yeah, I, this theme, this theme, this yeah. theme. The least favorite fucking thing of the old, of the way we used to do this show. I hated fucking calendar time with a passion. And I'm the one who I, fucking did it. Yeah. I, I, I do miss the, like, any time we do, like, a, a superhero episode, and it always went into this guy, so there was this guy whose parents died. Now, I'll admit, I wasn't trying to be funny that day. No, but it, it just seemed Fucking like that was line, the man. phrase out of all the big superhero episodes. I was... I was attempting to set up Batman's story and paused for too long and said it wrong. There's this, there's this guy, and I should have been, there's this guy and his parents were killed. But no, there's this guy and his parents died. And I realized I said something wrong and I was probably stoned out of my gourd. Yeah, yeah. And we stopped for too long and the rest of you guys started laughing. <laughs> Fortunately, it was one of those laughing at me but thinking it's with me but in the moment I'm like oh shit that wasn't supposed to be a joke it was la- well it was definitely laughing at what you said yes just cause the timing was great yeah it's it's interesting cause there's certain things I miss about the early days being in person but it was so frat house oh yeah I kinda miss the drinking it added another layer I mean <laughs> we, we drink on the, on the list show yeah. You and I more than them because we're here and I don't have to drive. Yeah, um, I don't really drink anymore. <laughs> we're gonna change that. <laughs> but oh my god, we used to put them back back then. Though we'd kill easily two cases of beer at a fucking show. Yeah, well, two of us did more of the work than others, but it was nights. Nice. Yeah, I I think my absolute highlight episode was in Chris's basement when I brought Carballo and Shane with me. Just expecting it. We were just going to talk about movies, just general conversation about movies. And our friend Topher happened to be over, who I hadn't seen in a couple of years. And he was a buddy. I really I really enjoyed Topher. He's a, he's a straight shooter. And I didn't know he was going to be there, and it was a surprise for me. And I got a little too excited and almost woke Chris's kids but then we went downstairs and had a really great conversation about movies and stuff. And Carballo got way too drunk, and we left him there. Yeah, <laughs> we did. He drove his own car, man. I, huh? I couldn't go. I couldn't go back there and drop him off. I didn't have, that was also the day I got a job. I had been out of work for like yeah two years. I finally got a job. Yeah. So, very monumental. So we, drove, we were driving the van at that point, right? Pretty sure you had the van. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was living at your house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Boys, any other questions before I get into my last bits? Um, with your affinity for eighties action, did you ever do karate? That's a good question. Here's an interesting little story. Uh, when I was a kid. I was a bit of a puss in certain ways. Uh, Give me both. <laughs> what do you mean? Used to be Vin. 
This is about Mike, Justin. Don't turn this on any... I'll flip this goddamn table over and turn this car around. <laughs> you know how in some restaurants, usually like fast food places, they would have those little boxes where you'd like write your name and phone number on a thing and fold it up and drop it in there. You might win something. Absolutely. Well, I won a free lesson of karate in Tom's River. Nice. And because I was such a little puss, when we drove out there and I was about to get out of the car... I was like, I, I can't do this. So I had my fucking mom drive out there. Like, you don't understand this as a kid. If this happened now, with the price of gas, she would have kicked my fucking ass out of the car. Yeah. You it better learn, because we're about to fucking throw down, bitch. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to learn to fight somehow, right now. You're going to go in there and train. But there was, part of it was me being a puss, and part of it was like, I'm pretty sure they can't afford for me to keep doing this. Like, I'd go here and I'd do it once, and if I like it, they can't afford to send me to karate. So, like, why go down this road? Which may be an excuse in retrospect, but it's factual. I get it. It's intimidating as fuck, especially at that age. Like, oh, gonna, how, how far is the drive? Like, 20 minutes, half hour? Yeah, from, from Brick to Tom's River, and it was on Route 37. Every time we drive by that shopping center now, yeah. which is a fair amount of time, I'll look over there and be like, you fucking little wuss. And you, you built it up in your head for 20 minutes, half hour. You see someone break a board in the window. You're like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I just can't. I can't. And, and like, I was a skinny little kid with like acne and shit. I didn't want to. I also didn't want like to get thrown on the mat and have a fucking zip pop and be like, ew, ew. One of the most traumatic experiences I ever had was when I got a bloody nose on the bus. We were like, five minutes from my bus stop I got a bloody nose on Chambers Bridge Chambers Bridge Road in Brick and I was like doing everything I can to hide it and and the guy was sitting next to me happened to be Chris he's like you okay I'm like yeah I just got a bloody nose shut up <laughs> it's alright just shut up and someone turned around and noticed and we had to pull into the fucking shopping center oh. and they had to send another bus oh. to pick up all the other kids so oh. yeah yeah, it was one of those oh. I don't want to go through this again moments. Damn. Childhood is just trauma. It should just be called traumahood. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I read that somewhere. Like, adulthood is just dealing with the trauma of your childhood. Mm -hmm. But I was very flexible, so I should have. I would have done very well. In re another in retrospect, I, yeah. I could do a split in eighth grade. I never could, ever. I could. When I was younger, I not now. I could probably do a better split than Justin, though. <laughs> now, absolutely. I'm my my lower half is like know. too tight. Yeah. How good's my split? One of ten. <laughs> Ever seen me? Na. That's what I get. You gotta do one for us so we can get. Yeah, you, you gotta bust one out. An update. I bet we'll see you later. You gotta do it live on Facebook. I'm going to split something. <laughs> um, the karate was like the thing, though, because even I did martial arts for a few years. Yeah, Taekwondo. I did for a couple years, too. I think you had a karate gi, and like when you got too big for it, John and I fought over who got to wear it. Yeah. Yeah, my so old gi. Cool. Um, I looked up to uh, Ralph Macchio, so yeah, I wanted to. There's pictures of me standing on a stump doing the crane technique. <laughs> I wanted to with every fucking fiber of my being, but I was young, we couldn't afford it, and I knew when I got it was, that stuff, uh, I couldn't afford it. Sidekicks. 
Sorry. So I think that kid thinking he's Chuck Norris's buddy. I was that kid thinking I was that kid hanging out with Chuck Norris. <laughs> like I'm like, oh no, this is me. This is story of my life. Why this so good? Yeah, I fantasized. I've been in so many movies throughout my life. One of the first dreams I can remember: I'm sitting on the back of the speeder on Endor, flying through the trees with Luke Skywalker. Nice. Yep. Uh, Mike, as an artist, um, what are what would you say would be uh, your favorite creation? Like some a piece pieces that you've done. Uh, like, uh, well, as far as drawings go, the two I'm most proud of. I did a. It was 99 or 2000. I did a recreation of a picture of Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn that I still have framed. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere in here framed. I do like that one. I was very proud of myself. And it's a good thing Kyle's not here. Because that fucking golem I did. The one he's, I'm not saying obsessed with, but as close to obsessed as you can get with something. I was really proud of that one. It's the first time I'd ever tried the character. And it was one of the last times I've put that much detail into a piece. It was was free enough to try stuff with with the uh, its body. Like I, I, it's my, it's on my fucking hold screen right now. It's it's been like that for years. Well, it looks weird in mirror version for me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but when I look at his toes and how they're kind of squared off, but they're they're more naturalistic that way than trying to do them round. I'm proud of myself for a lot of the shit I did. That's why every once in a while, I'll drop it into Procreate. Or I have a version of it that I started in Procreate that I'll touch on a little bit. I want to do a more detailed color version of it. But those two... Your Keaton Batman was really good, too. Yeah. Anytime I try and recreate from a photo, and I would take the time to do it, which I don't really have the time to anymore. I'm I'm proud of myself. Because that's how I started drawing. Looking at an image... And not tracing. Hey, if you want to start by tracing, I used to poo-poo it, but it's like, sure, fine, whatever gets your arm moving right. I found it was better to just look at an image and then try and recreate it freehand. You, it forces you to do, it forces you to focus more. And if I can give people a tip out there, what is it? It was like from like eleven to thirteen, I only drew with a ballpoint pen forces you to focus you can't fuck up if you fuck up you have to start again and then after that I started using pencils again then after that I started using mechanical pencil so I was only using like a, a number two and comparatively the dog shit uh, anything else boys no, I covered karate that's um, what's important yeah Great questionnaire time. What is your favorite word? See, knowing the questionnaire, I know what one's coming up later. If I'm going to be honest, it's going to be one I'll use later, but I'll try and keep this clean. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. What is your least favorite word? Sorry. Hmm. 
sorry and maybe please because I think they've been overused and not used accurately anymore. What turns you on? <laughs> Freedom. Okay. What turns you off? Uh, being dictated to. So, yeah, that's both sides of a coin. What sound or noise do you love? Oh. It, you joke, but uh, a happy woman. <laughs> A, what? a pleased woman. Let's just put it there. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, uh, you mean besides nails on a chalkboard? Yes. Uh, High-pitched squealing. The, little like, kids screaming like, for no reason. Gleefully or just the random like, meh? Yeah. The, like, you know when little kids are running around having fun and just scream? Like, if they're running around laughing... In a, like, in a park playing, that's cute. When they just scream for no reason, it fucking drives me crazy. Because when one of them does it, a lot of them will do it together. It's maddening. So true. What is your favorite curse word? Definitely fuck. Use it way too much. I, I would say C, but I don't use it as much. Fucking A. Fucking A, Captain. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Let's see, I tried flying a simulated plane. That's way too dangerous. Okay, we're uh, actor. Which is ironic, given what we've stolen this from. <laughs> if heaven exists. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped that one. What profession would you not like to do? Doctor. Way too much responsibility. Yeah. I'm a born fuck-up. You fuck up a drawing? That's all right. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? It's cool. Screw Everybody's wrong sometimes. <laughs> That's a good one. I was also, hoping it's St. Peter who meets you at the current 38 I was hoping Kyle would be on for this last question that should have been earlier, but his absence pushed it back. Uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to say the name of someone in the group, and I would like to have a negative statement about them and a positive statement about them. Okay. Vinny. Negative? Yes. Cryptic. Okay. And a positive. Yeah. Positive. Uh, silly. Joe. So true. Joe. Uh, negative. Sheepish. Okay. Positive. Uh, skilled. Thank you, Mike. Welcome. See? Kyle. Uh, negative would be best way to put it. Negative. Negative. Uh, stretch too thin. Hmm. 
and the positive. Dedicated. Myself. Positive would be focused. It's true. I have a I have a I have a horrific backstory though. That's where the anger comes from. I think mine's genetic. I wouldn't know. Did you did you say you have a wicked backstory? Didn't say wicked. But said, I got a wicked backstory. That's where the anger comes from. Yeah. No. I said wicked pisser. Tragic. Oh. Uh, well. Could right. be worse. Well, Kyle wasn't back. He didn't get to hear it, unfortunately. And that wraps up this episode of Inside the Nerdity Studio with Mike. Hope you've all been informed. And uh, Kyle normally does a sign-off, but do we sign-off like that on this show? I, I think this is one of those specialty shows where we can just say uh, nerdities.com. Yeah. Go do that. Give us money. Yeah. Us Socials, money. just the word nerdities. If you don't know by now how to use the internet, just type the word nerdities in. Say it. Uh-huh. You could say They're it welcome. to your phone or yeah. your listening device. Yeah. You could do it on Alexa. You could do it on Google. You could do it on... Say our company to your digital overseer. Yeah. yeah. We're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Fuck bye. Fuck bye. Bye. Why should I care? Mmm, dry!